kids Come join us at the corner Up the round table Welcome to the corner of the round table for the 15th of February 2024. So, usual things, let's do the weekend in review. So, I spent 25 and a half units last weekend for a return of 51.2. It was really good because both of the Friday tips came off in Annulet and Yellow Sam, both saluting at quite decent odds. Gently Rolled was also very good there at Randwick, getting the nice little run up the rails there for Zach Lloyd. And then, unfortunately, I had a bet on Russian Mystic there at Doombin and Mirror Impact there at Newcastle, and it was both shit house. And I actually gave that to the boys in the punters club, so it was quite disappointing for me to deliver nothing to them. But either way, it was a profitable weekend, so I am happy. Now we go to... I'm just going to touch on Flemington and Randwick this weekend, and then I've got one, two out wide, and then obviously the $100 strategy, and a couple of Friday tips for everyone. So... We'll go to Flemington first. So the rail's in the true position for the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Now, I went back and looked through the data there with the rail in this positions, and it heavily favoured those midfield and back markers. However, when you go back and look at the probably the last 25 meetings there, it's traditionally been very even across the board with minor restrictions there with midfield runners, given the fact that they can be quite unlucky or stuck on the rails. So I'm treating this meeting, given the fact that we've got good weather, good fine weather down there in Melbourne, it's going to be fair racing, and I think every horse will get its chance. So we're going to touch on race six first, and then we're going to go race seven, race eight, race nine, and then race 10 briefly, but um, I won't be going in depth in that one. So the first race I want to touch on is race six. This is the tab vanity. So it's a four, I think it's a 1400 meter race there for the three-year-old fillies. Now I've got two horses in this race that are outside the favorite that I'm actually quite keen to see go around. And I think they're both genuine winning chances. So the first one is Donegal. So first of all, we know that you've always got to be wary of the unbeaten horse, but I think this horse has quite a lot of ability. It's an American pharaoh filly, so one would suggest that she's probably going to um, step up and trip over the mile and maybe even further in, in due time and be very, very effective. So her first run this prep was in a BM64, and it gave me every indication that I think she has like quite a lot of ability. So she sat back off of like quite a uh, an even tempo there in a small field, and the way she responded to the whip from Celine Gaudrin when she was asked of an effort, she really pinned the ears back and overtook every single horse and then went to the line really nicely. So I think the horse has a lot of ability, and now it gets the service of Mark Zara, gets a big wide open track like Flemington, um, um, like Sandown in Flemington, and I just think her stepping up now to the 1,400 metres second up is a really, really good, um, I guess, step for her. And she does drop quite decently in weight from the... She did carry the 59.5 kilos with Celine's uh, claim, and now she drops to 56. The other one that I really like is the Sydney Invader in French Endeavour. So I thought her run... 
uh, last start uh, behind, I forget what the horse was, because I was, unfortunately, I was on Black Cloud in it. But um, I thought her run last start was quite good. Now, she was behind, she was out the back in that run, and she kind of came up the rails. And she was, you probably could say it was like partially unlucky, like kind of running up bums. And she really, um, it was it was a weird run, but you could see that the horses, the race was dominated by those up on speed, but you go back and watch the last, say, 100, 150 metres, and she really hit the line nicely. So I think stepping up to that kind from the 1,200 to the 1,400 metres is certainly going to be in her favour. And I love the fact that she's coming to Flemington because I know that Rose Hill and Randwick have kind of been varying depending on the rail positions and weather, on whether it's been a more out wide or an on-pace day. It hasn't been kind of fair race. So I'm keen to see her go around. I think she's drawn really nicely. She's a bit closer in the run. She does get the services of Michael D. So I think she's a great chance. And if you go back and look at the SP profile of her last start in that in that race that was won by Willanda, sorry. And then Black Cloud was the favourite in that race with Steffi Magnetica, who goes around the light fingers in the group three, um, the unlucky runner of that. So she opened around the $15 mark, and then she ended up SPing around the $6 mark. So the market really liked her. So one would suggest she's probably going quite well. So looking at that race purely from, I guess, a betting perspective, I personally probably won't play in the race and just watch them go around. But if I was to play, I'd probably have two little small stakes, um, one on Donegal and one on French Endeavour. We then move to race seven, which is the CX, CS Hayes, one of the great trainers in uh, racing history. Um, now, this is one of the main lead-ups to the Australian Guineas, so the 1,600-meter race there at Flemington. So I think if you look through this field, one would suggest that after watching King Colorado's first up run there behind Brave Mead there, I thought he was enormous in that race. He was out the back. He was in his over an unsuitable trip, and he absolutely rocketed the line, absolutely flying past some cr- pretty good um, credentialed horses, particularly in Stepity, Centrify, and Carbonados. So I think he's fantastic. He's drawn really nicely in Barry Nine to sit a little bit, probably just off the midfield. And if you go back and look through a couple of these horses in the market, you can probably make cases that they should be longer in odds. Like Otago, I thought he was—he's a very good horse, and again, he's—he's—he's he's, um, he's unbeaten, and he did have a nice trial there on the fifth of Feb. But I didn't—the I, run that he had there in that BM70, that three-year-old BM70 in uh, mid-January, I don't know if it. It didn't sell me. I wasn't completely sold on it. And I think he took an eternity to wind up. Now, I think this is a step up in grade for him, given the fact that he is racing against some some very good horses, mostly King Colorado, who's been racing Group 1 company. You then got a Riff Rocket, who I think is more a 2,000-meter horse. You've then got Vidad, who I also think is probably a mile or 2,000-meter horse. Um, Run Harry Run is definitely a good horse, and I think he'll be really suited over the probably the third 1,400 meters. Um, and then you keep going down, and you could probably the, the the tail's quite quite lean. So I think when you look at a process of elimination, I think the two dollars ninety I think you can get oh he's about three bucks. I think that's a really good price for King Colorado. I think he's a great chance. Now we move on to now race eight, the Lightning, which I think, although it's quite a small field, I think it's a ripping field, and I'm really quite keen to to hear how what I guess a lot of the pros and and I guess your your main kind of horse racing media think of this race because there's a lot of different angles you can have here, and I think you can make a case for quite a few horses here. 
So I'm going to touch on the main chances, or my, in my opinion, the main chances in this race. So the first one is the obvious in Imperatrice. Now, I think she stamped herself last prep as arguably being the best sprinter in Australasia and potentially the world, um, given Lucky Swainess wasn't probably on his game this prep up there in Hong Kong, even though he did win the Group 1. Now, I think that all the talk was that first trial that she had, which was quite lacklustre. So I know there was a lot of people blowing up saying she didn't trial as well as she did last start last prep but when we go back and look at a lot of people last prep said she was a 1400 meter horse and then she came out and won um over the thousand meters beating um some very very good horses so i think she's a ripping chance regardless the only thing that i have against her outside of nothing is her barrier i just think barrier two for her is not going to be a great position because obviously you know with these straight races particularly a thousand meter straight races is the outside fence seems to be more favorable particularly when the rail's in the true position so her and barrier two and where she's going to get in run is going to be interesting so if you see her kind of sitting there trying to peel up the inside i'd be worried about that but i think obviously on ratings and her past performances i think she's a clear favorite and i can understand why she's dollar 90 we then got a private eye obviously we've got joe pride there the absolute freak trainer who is just in a rich vein of form he's actually leading the sydney um, trainers championships at the moment which is quite quite awesome um trials have been great from private eye uh, they've been quiet but he's not one of those horses that kind of really gives you a good indication that he's absolutely flying he's got a fantastic first up record and i actually love him drawing in barrier eight with blake shin on now he's in the better position to kind of sit off that speed and then peel out wide and absolutely rock it down the outside rails Bella Nipotina is in a similar position now. She's one of my favorite sprinters. I've backed her a lot of those starts in the last two and a half years. Um, she's just so honest, and she never, ever runs a bad race. And she does have the scalp of Private Eye, and think about it to her name, when not many horses do have that. Um, now, you probably look at it, and you're seeing that her, her Flemington record isn't great, zero wins from eight starts. But then when you go back and look at it, she's actually very, very, um, she's been racing in some very, very good company. So she was only two lengths off Imperatives in the VRC Classic over the Spring Carnival. Uh, over the Flemington 1,200-meter race. She then was nine lengths off in secret on one of that weird day there in the Group 1, I think it was the New Market. But then this time last start, she was only half a length off Cool and Gatter, who at the time everyone was saying was the best 1,000-meter horse in Australia. And she crossed the line with I Wish I Win and beat home at Bornos Notches, Nature Strip, and a few other very handy horses. So I wouldn't be penning her. You've then got I'm Unstoppable and Cylinder, who are the new kids on the block, but this is weight for age. It's not a handicap rating, so they've. when you look at it, they're not conceding a heap of weight to those top liners. Um, in my opinion, great addition. No firm opinion given the odds, but if I had to have a bet, I'd be betting around Imperatures and probably backing uh, Private Eye and Bella Nipotina. We then move to race nine. So if you quaddy players, just put Jimmy Starr in. I think he's going to piss this race in. He's just better than every single horse in this race. And then we go to race 10. Now, this is an interesting one. So this is one of my horses who's in my black book, and he's our Bonneval, or he's our Bonneval. I don't know how you pronounce it. So he's number nine here. So he's around the $13 mark. He's um, drawn horribly, which is really, really disappointing. And I think the other thing that really... Um, was quite funny with him as I was expecting him to step up to the mile second up particularly given how good his run was there on the 20th of January so I hate the barrier for him 
I would have preferred him to see the step up in trip, but I still think he's a ripping chance in this, and he's definitely one to keep in your multiples, okay? All right, now we head down to Randwick, which is a really a really good card that has me really excited, but the only problem we have is the weather. So, unfortunately, I think Sydney's going to be copping a bit of rain today and tomorrow with Friday probably being the biggest one with about 10 to 15 mils expected. So... I'm hoping it's not it's not going to be too much, and we're probably going to just be dealing with a, a soft deck, but ideally in a heavy deck, disregard everything I talk about because um, it could play anyway. So I've done this form purely off a soft five, um, soft six deck at the worst. So just be mindful and to keep an eye on those weather um, as weather changes and and weather forecasts. So have a look at race one. Now this is an absolute ripping race. So you, we've got two horses here who. Oh, sorry, I probably should start on the rails. The rails are out four metres, so I don't expect any sort of on-pace leader or biasy or anything like that. But usually when the rails in the true, it's more favours those swooping. So you probably want to be a bit, um, probably midfield um, at worst, and it's going to be hard to swoop around them, but I don't think it's going to be impossible. So yeah, back to race one. So the Coolmore Piero Plate, there's a two-year-old um, set weights and penalties race. Now the top two in the market are arguably see in the top five seeds for the Golden Slipper with, I think Stormboy still holding favoritism for that and rightly so given the figures he's put up. But it's both um, Switzerland and Shangri-La Express are very, very good horses in my opinion. And this is arguably probably one of the strongest two-year-old crops that I can remember in recent times. So we'll touch on Switzerland first. So he was just simply enormous first up. He had to carry um, K-Mac, who's actually starting to hit a bit of form, which is good to see. Uh, had to carry him over the 1,000 metres there at Randwick on the 27th of January. And the way that he accelerated through that gap was simply just enormous. And he exploded um, through that gap and then finished through to line amazingly and clocking some of the best late sectionals of the entire meeting. So for a two-year-old to do that on debut is pretty pretty impressive. And and obviously we know that Coolmore have a, a great affiliation with, with Chris Waller and J-Mac. So it's probably an elite combo and he's drawn quite well in barrier six to sit just off that midfield position. And then we've got Shangri-La Express who's done absolutely nothing wrong in uh, his his two starts. So first up, he went around in the uh, the Kirkham on the 21st of October, and the way he led up that field at a very, very fast tempo, and then he kicked away and gave nothing else a chance, that gave that indication he's a very good two-year-old, and he was very, very well-educated, which is typical Gaybot. Then went to the Golden Gift and did the exactly same thing. Now, the trials have both been very good, and Regan Bales obviously has a very good affiliation with the horse, and it's drawn quite nicely in Barrier 4 to probably, I think we'll lead up this race with um, Excelindeed, I think is how you pronounce it, likely to roll forward from the outside barrier. But given some, there's some unraced two-year-olds in here, this could obviously throw up anything. So, I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, there's no value in the top two in the market, and you've got that worry about those those horses that are unraced. But I think you're going to watch two horses go very toe to toe, and it's just whether or not Shangri-La Express gets away with murder up front, and Switzerland swoops over the top of them. But ripping race to kick off the day, and I'm so excited to see what happens with these Golden Slipper markets after it. We're then going to move now to race six there on the card, which is the Group Three 
Triscay Stakes. This is a uh, sorry, a, a mare's handicap. Now, another really good race. So there's quite a few good horses in there. Now, I'm quite surprised with the favourite with Alencia coming up. Now, you go back and look at it. She's had five starts for 10 wins, which is fantastic. She's three from three at the distance, and she's three from three first up, albeit in weaker grade. So she did have a bit of a boom on her in... Um, in early on in her career and they were kind of shaping her as not probably the next winks but you could probably put her in the same category as espiona where they thought she was going to be a very good horse now she had three soft trials leading up to this she does get t berry who's actually hungry at the moment um but i am surprised that samana hasn't opened up favorite because i thought samana deservedly has it now this is my pocket talking but i thought she was simply enormous there in the magic millions cup she sat three wide pretty much the majority of that trip. And the way she put the sword to them between the 400 and the 200 was simply awesome. Now, if we do have that soft or heavy going in this, this is going to be the better of the day for me. But just be cautious. Now, I do have my... I am speaking through my pocket again and saying that I do take... I did take 480 about her, but there are some deductions coming out with Revolutionary Miss. So let's just wait and see. But I think she's a great chance in this race. We've then got uh, CS Magique. Now, she had a bit of a boom on her after running second to In Secret in the Coolmore Stud Stakes uh, by two lengths. Now, she hasn't really done much since, and I know that she's got a good SP profile, and it's probably the big factor, and that and that kind of time that she was between In Secret. And her jump outs have been sad, but I just don't think she's a great chance. We've then got Penthouse, who comes out of the Belmain Stakes there, down south in Victoria, where she led them up. Now, that was one of those days at Corfu where you had to be in lanes one to four if you wanted to win. So she was probably flattered late. So I think given that, I think given the fitness edge of Samana, I think she's a ripping go. And I think um, the step back and trip may be a slight concern, but given there, there might be a decent amount of speed set from Penthouse either or Diamond Dealer, I think she's going to be setting up perfectly to swoop over the top of them. We then got a race seven there, which is the Apollo Stakes. Now, this is a race that uh, Winx made her own in the autumn for mo- for most of her big preps. Um, I think this is a really um, ripping addition, but the problem is every single horse in this race is resuming. So everyone's coming off trial wins or trials and everything like that. So it's really hard to get a good opinion. You're probably going off prior form rather than anything we're here. Now, we'll just go through the market. So Fangirl obviously brings those elite form lines coming out of the Cox Plate and winning the King Charles, beating Mr. Brightside. Um, her first up record is great. Her track and distance record is great. She gets J-Max. So there's really no fault to her except if the weather um, brings it into a soft seven heavy going because she doesn't like heavy going. She prefers it in the soft range at worst. So I think that's what's going to play. So I wouldn't be chiming in at the 220 about Fangirl until you know what this weather's doing. We've then got Militarize, who's the new kid on the block. Now, let's see what the weather does here because we know he's an elite wet tracker. So whether or not he's going to be more favoured with the heavy going over Fangirl, well, let's just wait and see what happens with the weather. Um, he's had good trials leading up to this. Um, the worry for him, though, for me, is the, is the map side of things because I'm worried where he's going to get from Barrier 5, with particularly with his get-back run-on on type approach. And I don't think he's got the motor to match Fangirl given that she's just an elite racehorse. We've then got Buckaroo, who's having his second Australian prep now. His trials leading up to this first up 
uh, run have been very good, and Tommy sticks with him. I don't think there's going to be any issue with him going through rain effect again um, or good ground. So he's one of those ones that's quite adaptable. Um, the only problem for him is his best form's probably over a bit further, maybe the excuse me over the mile to eighteen hundred meters, and I think he's being aimed at a QE. So he's a really good horse and a great chance. Then got think it over the old bull. He's tough as nails. He's probably lost a length or two now, and he's what? I think he's going on nine years old. He's an eight-year-old. So first up record's still pretty good. Um, he's had two good trials leading up to this. Nash has stuck with him, and obviously we know what Nash can do to a horse, so I wouldn't be putting a pen through him. Um, Linderman, he's the one. So Waller's got a good opinion of this horse. Now I remember him coming out and saying he was a great chance of the Cox Plate. Didn't really turn up. So the worry for me is can you trust him? But you look back at his trial on the 5th of the 2nd, it was very, very nice over the 1,000 metres there at Rose Hill. Now the interesting thing is Tommy Berry did trial him here and he's obviously opted for um, his stablemate in Buckaroo. So just a bit uh, puzzled by that. Uh, he looks the likely leader in this race with a tractable, and um, you don't want it too heavy with him. However, he has won in the soft before. Now, one I want to just make mention of is Navarro Peak. Now, I'm not making him a selection. I think $71 is the right price for him, but I, he's just an interesting one to follow because I thought his trial in the fifth of the second behind Lindemann and Attractable was actually quite good. And we've got to remember what he did second up last prep after running a 13th, I think it was, first up. He ended up knocking off quite a few horses second up in the Chelmsford. Um, so he's one to just keep an eye on for David Payne there moving forward. Now, the horses had three starts second up for two wins and a second. So, excuse me, just keep keep an eye on him moving forward. Now, for the sake of a selection for you guys, uh, I'd probably be backing Fangirl if I had to, but if it is in that soft range, then avoid her and, and likely bet around her. Now, this moves me to race eight. Now, this is my best bet on the card. I will get to it in the end of this race, but I'm just going to talk about a few horses here now. This is the group two for the three-year-old fillies over 1,200 meters. Ripping addition. Some very, very, very good horses here. Now, we look at Tears Invincible, who end up stretching out to the mile last prep, and class took her a long way. She she just kept stepping up and kept winning. It's fant- It was fantastic to see. I think 1,200 to 1,400 metres is definitely a perfect wheelhouse. And I thought her trial there on the 30th of January was awesome. She was asked to do no work by J-Max, sat just behind the speed, went through the line untested, um, ahead of NCAP and just fine, and does handle all going. We then go to Learning to Fly, a horse that I've always had a big opinion of ever since her debut. Um, Now, I think you can be forgiven for her only failure, which was in the slipper where she was almost sent through the rails. And to be honest, I'm surprised that she's even back up racing, given the fact that she somehow managed to escape uninjured. Now, this is the big thing. Her trials have been some of the best trial work that I've watched this prep. Now, you go and look at her. She's filled out in her frame. She's a big, gross filly. And I think she is just wound up, ready to absolutely launch into this race and really stamp herself as the the top three-year-old filly coming through this autumn. Um, I could not be more impressed with it. Go to Racing New South Wales and just have a look at those trials, and she just looks ready to go. There's minor concerns with there being some sort of on-pace bias there from Barrier 13, but she, ha- she is quite um, adaptable. 
And I've got no issues with her heavy going. You go back and look at that trial that she had on the 16th of Jan. That was on a heavy eight there at Warwick Farm. So I think she'll be fine. Arctic Glamour had a boom horse, and I thought everyone thought she was immoral after her first up warm, so win last prep in 1,000 guineas. Trials indicate she's come back nicely. First up effort is um, first up record is great too. We've then got Mumbai Muse, who really started to put it all together last prep with the two wins on the trot, which is fantastic. You got to look at that form last start though. Tis Invincible had it covered both in the Furious and T Rose. Now I think the rest are are great horses like Kamachi. We know that Fasol's a very good horse. Cristilli had a boom on it, as did Autumn Ballet. All good chances, as is Steph uh, Steffi Magnetica. Uh, we touched on that with the um, French Endeavour race. She was one of the unlucky runs, and I thought she should have won that BM72 there. But I just think, when I look at this, I just think $4.20 about learning to fly, given the trials that she's had, I think she's just going to absolutely put them to the sword, and I cannot wait to see this race on Saturday. So this is my best bet, and it actually is half of my $100 staking for the weekend. We then go to race nine, which is just briefly, this is just another thing where I've got a kind of a black booker in this race. So this is a BM88 over the, the 1600 meters. Now I've got Redstone well in my black book. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this race, given the fact that I've wanted to see the horse step up and trip. Now it stays at the mile, unfortunately. Does obviously get J-Mac after having Kieran McAvoy. And I, I, it was a really good run behind Glory Days. It was absolutely rocketing through to the line. Um... Yeah, so I just like it, but staying at the mile, interesting. Um, candle's heavy going, though, and if you see a market push for it, have a real good crack, but Estadio Mastala really scares me, particularly the Joe Pride side of thing, as does Logan Street Line and Built with Nash and Tommy Berry on, respectively. So quality-wise, I'd be putting all of those in there, but it's just something to mention. Uh, we now go round the ground, so I've got two to talk about. One, Eagle Farm Race 7, Captain Fenkel. I think he'll lead up this race. I think the mile is maybe the only slight concern I have, but I think if he can get to the lead um, quite easily, I think he'll be too good for them. Now, you will look, there is a $2.60 favourite in that. Now, Jimmy Orman did ride that horse on debut, and he's opted for Captain Fenkel, so I think that's a big push for me now. Obviously, the horse doesn't lose anything in Ryan Maloney, but I think Jimmy's a better rider. We then also got a Newcastle race out. Now, I don't have odds out yet, but there's a horse by the name of Territory Express in that race. Now, I love this horse. I think when you go and look at it, it's and look at its figures that it put up last prep, they were group class. He's just got the most horrible racing pattern where he flops out the back and then there's that flashing right run coming down the outside. So... I think he's got huge closing figures, and if there's a track where he's going to be able to make up ground really well, it is Newcastle. It's one of the best racing tracks in Australia. Now, his his trial was really nice there on the Warwick Farm on the 30th of January. Love the booking of Ashley Morgan, and the horse has a fantastic record there at Newcastle track. So I'm not sure what odds you're going to get because there are quite a few nifty horses in this race, a couple of them that are really making their way through the grades. But I think if we can, if you can see horses running on, I think he's a ripping chance. All right, now we go to the $100 strategy, playing it safe like we did last week. We're just having the two bets. I'm going to have $50 on learning to fly in Randwick Race 8 and $50 on Samana Randwick Race 6. Now, of course, what would be an Oracle Hour without a Friday tip? Now, I've got four for you tomorrow night. I really like the cards there at Mooney Valley, Canterbury, and Sunshine Coast. Um, we've got Mooney Valley Race 2. We've got a horse by the name of Vilnius. 
Uh, I thought it was really unlucky first up there at Sandown, running up bums for pretty much the entire straight. Now, keeps the informed D lane on board, and I think it should be from its barrier, find a really nice position in run and be too good for the horses. We then go to Mooney Valley Race 8 in Russian Front. Now, just take note, there's a bit of a disclaimer here. We need two more scratchings in order for this horse to enter in the field. So it's currently 15th emergency, but there's been two scratchings thus far. Now, first up, uh, money came for this horse. Now, we were, well, I was on Hello World, and that was the Friday tip that I gave to a few people. It was $9 into $3.30 late, so it was pretty enormous. Um, he keeps shin, he stays in the same grade, he just needs two more scratches to make the field, like I said, and I think he'll likely kick up from Barry 11 to sit out just side, just outside or just behind the speed from Bahama Boy, and I think he's a great chance if he makes his way in the field, and I think you're getting about five bucks about him at the moment. The other one that I really like is Canterbury Race 5 in... Bear with me, I hope we haven't had a scratching because I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, Canterbury Race 5 in Gallant Star. So do not worry about the um, the soft or heavy going. If we do get the rain tomorrow, this horse handles it. Um, horse was awesome first up in the 13th of January. Uh, the race that came out of raced really well, and I thought he was awesome running into a lot of traffic um, up the rails. Now, he had to kind of duck his way in, which was actually the inferior ground on the day where you saw probably lanes four and five being the more beneficial ones. He's got a fantastic second up record. He keeps Clippo, and I think if you look from barrier three there at Canterbury, I think he can park up just behind the speed, come out wide, and I think he'll be too good for this lot. And then finally, we've got a Sunshine Coast Race 4, horse by the name of Outweighed. Now, we do have showers predicted here in Brisbane tomorrow, but I don't think they're going to be super heavy. Now, horses 5 from 6 at the track and trip, 3 from 2 on soft going at worst, drawn to sit perfectly behind the speed. And if we do get that rain, he's drawn really nicely where I think he's likely to find the crown. So that's the place you want to be, particularly if there is heavy going there, because what happens with that kind of... Uh, Sunshine Coast track. It's kind of cambered. So you see that there's the camber and then it kind of drains out the side. So there is a kind of a fast lane, you would say, when it is in this like heavy going, I guess. So that's all from me, everyone. So good luck on the punt and let's cheer home learning to fly. Have a good one.